0: You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello and welcome to the Modern Web Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. My name's Lady Lee. You can follow me on Twitter. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Lady Lee. My name's actually Tracy Lee. So (laughs) anyways, I messed that one up. Um... (laughs) But I'm here with my co-host, uh, Jesse Tomchak. You can follow him on Twitter at jtomchak. Hi, Jesse.
1: Hello. <laughs> Wonderful
2: to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, this
0: is going to be a really fun podcast. I uh, have Jay Phelps here as our guest. Hi, Jay.
2: Hi, Lady Leet. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, you can follow Jay on Twitter at underscore jphelps or Jay Phelps. Um, <laughs> and after
2: yes. I like p helps yes exactly because yeah back um, actually legitimately back in the irc days when you didn't have a name you just had a username a lot of people actually did think it was jp helps um, and it's like okay well i Help guess me, Jay. <laughs> Help me, michael phelps helped, helped change that though now people recognize the last name phelps <laughs>
1: the, ph- the phonical yeah. phelps <laughs> exactly.
0: This Modern Web Podcast episode is sponsored by Harman. The Harman Ignite Store Developers Portal is a developer hub dedicated to the Android automotive developer community. The portal provides developers the toolkits and APIs they need to create apps that influence the future of the in-vehicle experience. Check them out at ignitedevelopers.harman.com That's I-G-N-I-T-E-D-E-V-E-L-O-P-E-R-S dot H-A-R-M-A-N dot com. Well, today is a really, really exciting um, topic. I think uh, we're just going to be kind of opening up the conversation to, um, like Jay likes to say, the evolution of the React paradigm and what is modern React development. And, uh, Jesse, uh, why don't you kick it off? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of topics and I don't know. I mean, this might have to be two, uh, you know, two two episodes. Two
1: episodes, (laughs) part one of part two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the modern React ecosystem right now is frustrating. I think is, is the way I would put it. It, It's downright uh, frustrating. There's, there seems to be, you know, we, we started with, mix-ins and we got these class life cycles that worked really well and it had this very easy to diagram paradigm of of mount and unmount and and you would get these events that would come into your component and you know we built routers and we built other things to go around the ecosystem and and we would look over and Angular had all, sort of everything cohesively put together and we're like no 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 I, I allow you to piecemeal it together and every every React app was different and there was we sort of agreed on things and now we have meta frameworks. Now we have hooks. And the frustration I have with hooks is is the sort of sprinkling of logic everywhere. Um, I've had several projects where it's like, oh, we're gonna put this in in our context. You know, we'll just put this in app state. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a terrible idea." I'm like, well, it's just this, just this one little thing. It's fine. Here's what could go wrong. And then you come back to the project Monday and it's like, app state is now. 12 properties and functions and it has like a reducer in it. And you're just like, cool. You just built Redux from scratch. Good job. And like, I found myself doing this. It's like, oh no, I did it again. Like, it's just, cause it does it so incrementally and so small, you're like, well, I don't want to pull in a state library just yet. It's one thing, it's two things. It's, oh God, it's out of control, right? right. And, and the dependencies and hooks I've seen, I've seen, if you open up a project there's going to be a functional, a function, just a function. And it's going to be named use debounce, and it's just going to be a function, but it's called use debounce, and now it's this magical hook. And I, I have we lost the thread? Like I feel like I'm spending so much time memoizing and callbacking and like artisan batching my components, and I just want to form, man. I just I, I want to form, and I just want to submit some things, and like I'm I'm frustrated with the you know with the 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 state of things or, or the lack of practices, or, you know, there's the beta documentations, which is incomplete. And there's the old stuff. And it's like, where do right. I go for help? Like people ask me, they're like, where did I was like, Oh, we don't want to really do that. And they're like, I don't know. Where do I go for answers? And I was like, mm, I don't know either. You just sort of be old enough and grumpy enough to not do it that way. Like <laughs> <laughs> Now that I've ranted Jay, tell yeah, help, no, help me, no, where's, I, where's I, the state of react?
2: I've, I, I feel you. Um, I think one of the hardest things is that, you know, as t- it's, if you've been doing development for a long time, it might not be as apparent that well, maybe, maybe it is. And we just, it, we just don't forget that like what, the evolution of the web, the web has evolved in so many different ways. Like what, what we do on the web, like the things we used to not do, it didn't even fathom to do on the web, what we're doing today, you know, like, much more complicated things, but what have come out of that is also a divergence in in classes of websites. So like now there's like fairly big distinctions in my mind and and, in the experience that I've had between something like a Shopify store, um, like some sort of e-commerce store and like building Facebook. And then also a very big difference between building like Photoshop for the web right? And all of these things now exist. And yet the technologies and the patterns and the best practices are actually pretty different in my opinion. Like there's a lot of different trade offs you could make for each different class. And I'm sure there's more classes. We're, I'm not like saying those are the only type of classes, but the point being is that, um, you know, there's lots of different classes and yet we actually kind of haven't yet caught up with that as far as our technology choices have gone. like in the sense of React is used for, all of those, and 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 then some, and people are using it for static site generation, like completely static websites, documentation, you know, all the way through stores and web apps and Facebooks and and you know all sorts of stuff um, from the most simplest thing to the most complicated thing. And it, we've basically told the React core team that you know they need to somehow provide for all of those different use cases. And so that's what they're kind of trying to do is they're trying to provide for that, for their own Facebook use cases, but also for other people. They have they now actually are doing a better job at, at um, providing things that have nothing to do with Facebook and they're just for the community themselves. Um, and um, so to me, that's the biggest fundamental root of this problem is that um because I, I, we'd have to get in Jesse, and I'm uh, happy to do so. Of like which, um, what, what kind of use cases you're talking about? But for the lot of people, when I when I hear this sort of um, this sort of complaint, and believe me, I've given this complaint myself, um, it comes down to. You know, maybe over-engineering certain things, like in the sense of like the memoization. I see a ton of. I've helped a ton of people on their apps, like memoizing the crap out of stuff when they really didn't even need to do that to begin with. Like maybe they should have even been even been using React to begin with. Like like plain old JavaScript could have just gotten the job done perfectly fine, or or some simple web components. And I'm not even a web component zealot, just to be clear. Um, but I think there's a tendency to um, you know w- want to you know, to, they're, they're being told like, hey, here's these features and, and having a, a feeling that you should use them and that you need to use them. Um, now, that being said, there's lots of cases where they use minimization and, you know, doing debouncing, all this stuff are are, are part of the course and you need them. But um, I have seen more people do more damage by trying to use these sort of features than I have... <laughs> seen these features save people, I guess. And, and, and this is, you know, this is just my perception. I, I, am not trying to speak for everyone's app. I'm just saying that like, I have literally seen people do more damage with the features than the pe- than the features have actually saved in practice. Um, you know, like yeah, they, we've there certainly was been
1: in situations where something has been memoized in a, a attempt to improve performance. And now there's a bug in the app where something doesn't change in according with expectations. Right. And it's like, why is that? And Mm -hmm. you trace it all the way back to some prop being passed into memoization that isn't changed or, or updated that doesn't kick off a a change. So you're getting back the old value all the time. Right. I think for most of us, we've been in that situation and, and we've lost maybe days to like, what is happening? Why is it always wrong?
2: Yeah. And, And there's, you know we i like to talk about both sides like the the you know i've worked on apps that are like incredibly real-time uh, fintech stock market trading apps that have like you know people have seven monitors literally and they had they the app is in me you know in a different window in each monitor the single threaded app you know with canvases and all sorts of crazy stuff and it's a react app and it's like oh god like uh like you know like when i immediately stepped into this i'm like oh my god my heart like uh and, makes so like we had
1: the muscles behind my eye twitch like yeah was like, that, I mean, is that the right to, tool for that job
2: it is it is and it isn't like it's it's an okay tool for basically we had to take a philosophy of react is good for building um chrome i guess like if you're familiar with the term before the browser chrome came out like the the, the, the pieces of the ui that are like oh here's your button and here's your your you know your your header looking thing and you're, you know, it's really great for that sort of stuff. And, and, and it's more powerful. You can do loops and all sorts of stuff, but where, you know, where it does kind of become really difficult to use is like very high tech, you know, real-time sort of really performance things. And they try and give you the tools to make that easier. Right. But in the end, I actually found and still find that when you really have that, you know, you have this crazy real-time thing, it's just better to just opt out of these, these magic, this magic stuff and then just enter into a black box for that particular thing like you use the you know react for the chrome of things and then when you've got this you know particular canvas of this real-time grid of these crazy things um you know break down to the actual um raw metal that or use a different framework that's more tailored for that particular role um you know and i think that that's okay i think it you know you don't want to you don't want to go crazy with that idea, right? And sprinkle in everything all over the place of getting an Angular, an Ember, and Ember, and a React app, and the whole thing, same thing. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Jay but, Phelps
1: is promoting micro front ends, I think.
2: Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it kind of is micro front ends, except for it's just essentially like, you know, not trying to, you know, look, I don't think the React team, I don't want to speak for them. But I don't imagine if I would have shown them this app that I'm speaking about, that they would have been like, yeah. Use React for that. That's a great idea. Like I think they would have agreed that like, that's that's too much. And most people's apps some lie somewhere more in the middle, right? Or or even sometimes they lie in the in the in the very entry level of that. Like in a sense of like you know like a you know I'm uh, like most of the I would say most of the apps I've worked on in my in my career are actually some come down to a majority of it is fetch data from the server, display the data, and let them mutate that data in some simple, relatively simple way. Very sort and of CRUD. Based, right? yeah and then a majority of the issues that like the more complicated stuff you know came down to more design based problems like the designers like oh i want this to animate and i want this to do that and like you know screwing with you know before flexbox and grid and all these things solving those sorts of problems was a majority of my time you know in, in a lot of the apps that i've worked on um, and then there's you know exceptions obviously but and in those cases like react can be very helpful but it can also just be you know a, you know, a huge detriment like Um, I worked on a lot of internal apps as well. Like ones used just by internal things. And, um, as part of that, I very quick, when I first started using react, it was in internal tools and, uh, we went crazy with this. We, you know, we saw the react memo and pure components and we went crazy with that. Um, and using Redux and all this stuff. And it, like you said, it just caused more performance. Like the things weren't updating and the things that did update were updating too, you know, frequent, like, I mean, it just, it. In the end, you know, using just simple set state on our class component um, ended up being a more simple paradigm. And so, hooks hooks have their pros and have their cons. Um, you know, it solved a lot of issues of classes while creating new, different issues that I think are probably more complicated. I think table stakes, unless you're just screwing around, you need the ESLint, rule, ESLint rules about hooks. Like I think those yeah. are just table stakes. If you're not using them, you really need to use them. Like it's, I'm not saying go crazy with the ESLint rules. I'm just saying just the one at, at the bare minimum, just the ones for the React um, hook specific things. They'll just save.
0: Careful what you say, it's gonna become gospel, Jay. No, this <laughs> I, is,
2: is gospel in my it's, mind. Yeah, that, that's like, what I think it's, It will save you. There's no rules in there that I'm aware of. Maybe it's been a while since I've configured it, but based on the ones that I've used, there's I don't think there's any rules in there that are like controversial or subjective. Like they will just save you from literally breaking your code. Like, um, and yeah, they're very dialed
1: in on like the dependency, like helping educate you on the closure set of dependencies that you are capturing. Um, and is that, you know, when I open a file, like if I open an app and I see a component and there are three different use effects that are each doing something. I the, My first, what is your first thought?
2: Um, my first thought is that it's okay. I mean, like, oh, just, just on that statement alone, I think it depends on, like, do they have different dependency arrays or like presumably yes. Um, if they don't, then it starts to become a question. But at the same time, I sort of don't because I think of it like when I'm looking at it, I'm actually less concerned about the dependency array. I'm more thinking about it like I think about it kind of like a function, you know, like just like the use effect, um, it's kind of like its own function. Does it make sense to break them up? Sometimes it makes sense to break things up into different functions, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, like having some huge monolithic, I'm, I'm showing my hands. A monolithic component. This, isn't a, this isn't a video, so you can't see my hands, but having some <laughs> huge monolithic. Um, uh, you know, use effect block is you know worse than breaking it up into three ones where you can create a comment and and make it more clear. And at the same time, when it's when it gets that gnarly, to be honest, that's the sort of cases where you know the React core team and some other people you know, advocate more of creating your own hooks. That thing you were talking about, where you're saying it's not really a hook; it's just a function that uses the convention use X or whatever it's called. And that's a, you know that sort of case for it, where it's like put all that stuff into a function. That way, when someone and and I, I do advocate for that, I don't do it that often, just because my effect blocks are not usually that crazy. Um, and if they are, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I try and keep the use effect block small and then just use functions inside the use effect block. Like, so if I need a whole bunch of gnarly stuff, there's just gnarly stuff in a function that I import into that file. That way, it's like someone comes to the component, you know, the, the 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 big thing that benefits from doing that is if someone comes to the component, they can just look at the component and then drill into where they want to uncover things. Um, it, it makes things hard to follow for simple things easier to follow for incredibly hard things and if if that makes sense so it means that like don't go crazy by default making everything a separate function because then it's like this oh my god why am i hopping around files all the time and it just feels annoying that i'm like everything's so separate and and overkill but then the opposite of that is when, when things are really complicated, if you don't do that abstraction, it becomes, there's too much noise. Someone, you know, when someone's coming in to try and understand things, maybe they don't care how your authentication works. Like they just need to know that you authenticated, like, like maybe they don't care how your GraphQL client works or whatever. They just care that you used GraphQL and they and care what query you made. You know, like those are just contrived examples of, of, you know, but if someone might care, and in that case, they, they know where to go, they know where to drill in, and that's why you know building abstractions can be useful in those sort of cases. So, um,
1: anyway, that's just my thoughts. You think hooks are so we need ESLint plugins? Yeah, are the trade offs for hooks like my, my frustrations with hooks is is following their logic and layering that in parent and child components and following. This this sort of arbitrary trail of logic that seems to be decentralized and pushed out that is syncing data right. There's you know and the, the the React Core team is doing a great job of of new documentations in the beta line, but like where do people go for like I had someone ask me the other day they're like well when do I pull out a a, a use effect and make it its own hook and I was like by feel right <laughs> like <laughs> I've had a really yeah. I think part of my frustration is I've had a like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've had a really hard time articulating the when and the what of what you've sort of just described. Cause it really sort of a, a, a code by feel, like there is no, like with a class component, there's, there's distinct mounting points and events that are happening. Right. And you can, you can draw, can you draw a diagram of a hook that would even have the same sort of translatable, uh, like teaching that you would with like a class life cycle, like how like hooks seem to be more complicated and I'm not convinced anymore that they're better, that we're better off
2: for it. Yeah. No, I, I I share the sentiment generally in the sense of, like we're, I'm not convinced either that we're better off for it, but I think that there are, there's a, there's a happy, path middle ground of people and use cases that I think are, I think, which, um, you know, it's honestly, the, the longer React goes on, the, the more I actually see parallels between it and uh, RxJS <laughs> 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 um, simply of, of like, not not, and I don't mean like abilities. I mean, like in the sense of, I keep saying the same things of like, it's really complicated. It gets more complicated. Like I can show you how to use very simple things very quickly. And then how to actually use it, you know, like in more complicated cases, is much more complicated and requires learning very specialized domain specific things that you will never use anywhere else. Um, but yet
0: um, but once you do, we- it's cut. But whenever you talk about RxJS, you're always like, well, don't use it unless you have to. I know.
2: It. So like, I know. Like, one that. of the big, me and Ben and I are like one of the biggest proponents of not using something that we love. <laughs> like we're big proponents of RxJS. We're always telling people not to use it because we're so tired of people, you know, just doing the similar sort of thing of like, um you know they they it's so easy for us to be on these on, to someone to be on a podcast and be like rxjs is great you can solve all these problems and then someone and then later you 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 know you discover someone who is like i'm learning to program and so i heard from the podcast that i should be using i should learn typescript i should learn immutable js I, sh- I should learn redux i should learn rxjs i should learn all of these things uh, all at once and react all at hooks all at once and you look at their app and it's just this crazy thing. And it's for, you know, like like an average app that doesn't need even half these things. And you feel guilty. You feel absolutely like you are responsible for for them doing this because that's what they were told they were told this is going to make them more productive this is what you need to be successful so it's just so hard to get nuance in there and so sometimes you have to default to just saying don't use something
0: (laughs) where where's the line with react like where's where do you what are the things that people shouldn't worry about versus the things that people should but then like you know i remember when i was first learning javascript i was like no stop you know every time i'm pairing with you know you or you or ben you know it's like oh well you could do it this way because it's just you know a small app it's like no i want to learn how to do it the right way you yeah. know so i think that's where like the shiny things are like exciting oh, for yeah.
2: people I, I um don't blame don't tell your manager i said this but i think that every project should have one shiny at least one shiny thing like in the sense of like one thing that you didn't actually need to do, but you used it as a learning opportunity, and it didn't make anything worse. Like it didn't significantly or drastically increase the deadline. Um, and then that's it's a hard call to make because sometimes you could you could, you don't know you chose a technology and now it actually did increase the deadline because you you know shot yourself in the foot. But you know you can kind of hedge those bets by just not taking on multiple ones. Um, you know, with like with React, if you know, like as an example, let's say you're a React person. Uh, I would not, like, if you're going to start a project for the very first time, you've never, let me step back, actually, say you're not a React person and you're, you're just learning how to, you know, do front end. Um, I, I think it's okay to start with React and, and start even start with React hooks, to be honest. I think you could start with class components and that would be fine too, but I think I think it's okay to start with, with um, React hooks as long as you limit it to essentially um, set state and very basic use effects. Um, And when I say very basic use effects, I really truly mean that. I mean, anything beyond what you, anything on the the simple, like basically if it needs, if it's something that needs unsubscribing, I probably would actually discourage you from trying to do it at this point, like at the beginning. Like in the sense of like, if it's a timer that you need to stop, I wouldn't actually do that. I would try and find a library that does it for you. That, you know, it's going to save you from the problems and the foot guns that React um, has. And you can get, I mean, there's like intersection observer is a great one. There's a use intersection observer hook that isn't, doesn't do things in the most efficient way, like in the sense of performance, like there are better, more efficient ways to do it. But I honestly still recommend it for most people to use uh, intersection observer hook um, from this library because it saves you so much trouble in guns. Um, and it, it comes at the cost of a little bit of performance. But if you don't have the problem of, you know, performance isn't an issue, don't micro-optimize. Um, it, you know, again, missing nuance in that conversation, right? And the nuance is like sometimes performance isn't an issue now, but becomes an issue later because of death by a thousand cuts, right? Like you because you never cared about performance, now you've got a thousand things. That all add up and create a performance problem. So, it's it's not it's basically when it's trivial. When in in my mind, how I try and approach things is if you don't know any better, go with the thing that is going to make your life easier and more maintainable, not the thing that you you don't know any better, but you're you were told it's more performant. Um, like that's my default. I mean, I, I again, it's not biblical. Like you know, you want to learn, right? So if if you can learn the other one and you have the time and you're not under tight deadlines it's okay to you know take on things but um and that kind of goes back to that thing i said not to tell your manager which is that you know like one new thing that you didn't necessarily need to do you know to try and advance cuz you will need to use it learn uh use that sort of thing later in your career that's how you you know how else do you learn how to do things but by doing and um you know it 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 uh, yeah but the what you don't want to do is just take on you know so many of these different things like like hooks and trying to learn typescript at the same time is is a recipe like as a great great example of a combination of a recipe to to not meet your deadline by months like um unless you of course you know turn off every single thing to typescript to basically make it worthless Uh, but even then honestly you still probably would miss your deadline just because there's some things you just can't turn off that are annoying Um, so yeah, that, that that's kind of my thinking on it. But as far as going back to Jesse, your your question and point about the documentation stuff, I don't have a good answer for that either. I, I think they are getting a good, uh, they are getting better at docs. And you know, I've seen um, Dan Abramov, you know, doing uh, talking about you know some of the revision stuff that he's been working on on the documentation. Uh, they they are well they are well aware of this same problem of like every time they say something it becomes gospel and and interpreted in a way that they usually didn't intend it to be interpreted and so they have to just they 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 um, they're so well aware of that phenomenon and they um, it, it's tiring it's very tiring and it's difficult and sometimes that can cause you to not want to do documentation for that same reason like you it's almost. You almost think push against yourself, it. Yeah. Yeah. You almost think to yourself, well, you're if you create a barrier to entry that kind of forces people to to learn some of these things and mis and not misconstrue, um, you know, some, sometimes it's, it's, sometime, um, it's sometimes undocumented it's
0: undocumented because you shouldn't use it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: like like in the in the sense, you know, like and I tried that with that's why I do I don't do as much open source these days is because of that. And I, I tried once open sourcing something without documenting it just to see if that would work. And it just basically ended up being you get a bunch of tickets of people complaining and then and then you know, people doing pull requests to add documentation. And then you just then you're just like, Well, why am I open sourcing this if I'm not gonna document it? Then I just feel guilty, right? Like and the whole point of me open sourcing it was to help other people. So it's um I think it's a it's just a yet another example of the world where there are no black and whites like all it's very rare in any like forget technology and anything politics daily life whatever it is it's just there's so much nuance in life and it's so but at the end of the day going back to you know how many lines until you you pull that use effect out into your own hook you got to have some sort of philosophy because i can't you know you you're trying to teach someone You can't just say when it feels right (laughs) yeah it's not
1: helpful because then they just look at you like what and and you've left them worse off than when they started
2: yeah yeah and so um you know yeah that's why a lot you know these linters and stuff they have to use heuristics like lot number of lines you know like i mean there's you have to it's like laws you know sometimes laws have to have thresholds that when you actually think about like turning 18 or turning 21, you're like, what magically happens when you turn 21? Like nothing, like
1: nothing, but you've got to have some point.
2: Yeah. Like we, yeah. Just, we can't take, you know, like practically speaking, we, we can't take tests. Like, are you uh, responsible enough and, and, and uh, you know, developed enough to be able to drink alcohol? Like that's not a test that everyone wants to take. I don't know. Maybe they do. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm wondering the, in the last couple of years, I feel like they're you know when we we talk about the core team in this the, you know they've been working on batching and react eighteen and and so, yes. you know uh, it are we at a threshold and where react is you know we and then the explosion of meta frameworks in the last five years right uh next blitz j s blitz j s on top of next we've got nuck well, that's a view um you know, we've got Remix, we've got uh, Redwood, we've got you know all these meta frameworks that are are more full stack style server render. There's this other play with reactive, like is it client side or is it server side? Is it is it happening right. here? Is it happening there? Right. The and maybe I'm just old man at cloud, right? Where it's like I remember teaching when we could just do React dot create elements and put it in a root and stick it on a page and be like okay that it's just a function and we're going to use jsx as a sort of nice syntax and it turns into this and now it's Mm -hmm. like well where's it running i don't know maybe it's running in a cdn maybe it's running on the server maybe it's running on the client maybe it's in you know maybe it's compiled just in time maybe it's statically compiled ahead of time or just in time and you're just like are is react a primitive getting to the point where it's just a primitive where running just vanilla react isn't obtainable, isn't, isn't a good choice for when we talked about the spectrum of apps, right. Between like Mm -hmm. documentation and Photoshop, right. That, that seems to cover a broad spectrum is react just a primitive. Like, is it, is it best? is it a better idea for CRUD applications to choose a sort of meta on top, which has opinions and has guide rails and, and things like that. Like I keep looking at Ruby on rails and thinking, that's really nice that they have all these sort of like sussed out sort of ways and rule, you know, ways of doing things and paradigms that are like, these are happy paths. And then I'm, right. I feel like I'm in react and I'm like, happy path is wherever you decide to go. Like wherever you can mm-hmm. forge through is your happy path. Um, yeah did, Maybe that's did my you, frustration. Uh, have
2: you ever used Ember or, or the newer versions of Angular?
1: uh Ember way back in the day. And I, absolutely loved it because it was like the cli was amazing it was like here's where we're going this is where things are i open ever a react project and i'm like cool it's, it's like a prize box of like where is everything right, um, right. i yeah. have these like these these uh feelings of these like nostalgic feelings for that sort of older ember style where it's like every project looked the same and you know where everything is and everything has its place and every place has its its purpose
0: it's like, so funny that you're a React so, developer, Jesse. So That's old
2: hilarious. and grumpy right now. <laughs> like, yeah, why exactly is every that. app different? I'm so tired <laughs> of it. It is really funny to meet people. So I used to do Ember as well, and I've done Angular and all sorts of stuff. But um, I met Tracy actually back in the Angular day de- or the uh, Ember, Ember days. days. Ember yeah, day, yeah. EmberConf and all that. Um, and so it's it's funny to meet other Ember folks who who switched to React because they're so different. Like they're so philosophically different. I'm saying like like whereas Ember is like there's here's how you do it. And, and you like, it's just this, it's magic, but it's not like trying to be like, here's JavaScript that now is magic. It's like, here's a DSL, here's a templating language that's its own special thing. You're not coming into here with preconceptions of how something works because you're just like, I've never seen this syntax before. Like, tell me how to do it. Okay, cool. That's how I do it. Not, rather than like, wait, that's a function. Like, why is it behaving like this? Like with hooks, you know, where you're like, that doesn't make any sense. That, that breaks my reality. Um, and then, you know, so, so I, I do I do think the, the meta frameworks that you're talking about, like especially like Remix and Next, um, I think are doing a much, you know, I, I think are the way to go basically for majority, a vast majority of people, like it, especially to begin with, like especially, um, there's always going to be exceptions, you know, but essentially, I think if you're using React by itself, you're either doing it in a stack blitz for just a one-off testing, you know, a prototype thing, and that's fine, whatever, who cares? Um, or you're at a huge company that can afford to basically build your own meta framework because that's what you're going to end up doing. Like, whether you want to do it or not, you're going to end up basically making your own meta framework. So instead of doing that, it's a much better idea to, you know, utilize one of the existing ones that are actually, you know, uh, you, know uh, work, you know, maintained and, and um, much more uh, thoroughly uh, put through the paces and all that. So Remix, you know, gets a lot of... Uh, props these days for kind of flipping the paradigm on its head and and going back to basics you know the OG. have you had jesse have you had a lot of uh, i've had an opportunity to kick the tires on remix yet
1: i have so i've been uh playing in a remix in a side project for several months now about three months into like rebuilding that thing that i always rebuild and i just added my first use effect
2: after like 90 days and i was like
1: I was like, huh? I was like, how do I reset this, this form field to blank after like I'm doing a multiple nested form field? I'm like, oh. Right. And the little thing is like, oh, well, you can just pull the ref and you've got to reset it in a use effect when you, when this action underscore add is you know when you set up your actions. And I was like, I'm okay with that. That sounds great. And it was very clean. It was very simple. It was like three lines. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. But yeah, the, the action, the loader, everything server side and it's sort of an MVP structure is very... Uh, refreshing is a good word I would use for it. I was like, oh, there's, you know, I was like, where do I put my state? I, I came for like the first month. I was like, where's my state? I was like, where do I put my state? I need my state somewhere. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I eventually got to used to the idea of, of everything coming from that loader as a prop from the server. Um, I did enjoy it for its simplicity and it's sort of like happy path sort of laid out for me.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I have been, I I feel like we've been seeing this trend, right? I mean, even like at the start of, I think, last year, or maybe for the past two years, like maybe two years ago, like we started seeing like the Blitz and the Redwoods. I know, Jesse, like you got me really excited about Blitz and Redwood, you know, and then obviously like Next and then now Remix. So like, do you think that we're just going to be pushing everybody to be using these sort of frameworks and like screw React, like don't use just React? as um, you're learning
2: I, I think it's also important to just make sure we're clear that you know you're not you're still using react you're just
0: right. trying to right. it's like
2: <laughs> react is a bunch of it's more to think about react as just a toolkit of a bunch of primitives for for rendering UI right It abstracts away browser idiosyncrasies and provides you some basic primitives to do things um, and but again but as time is going on, more and more and more, those primitives are complicated. Like especially like now that with the with React 18 and beyond, with concurrent um, rendering related stuff like you know, transitions and suspenses and all this stuff, it it can be complicated. Of you of when do you do it? It could it if you're if you don't fully understand the implications. Which is honestly, it took me a it took me a really long time to fully understand what the heck they were talking about when they first announced concurrent mode. You know years ago or whatever when they started working on it. Because um, it's because it, how it worked, Because my brain immediately went to how, how does it, how is that even possible? And so really understanding how they you know implemented these fibers and all this stuff under the hood. Like then I was like oh aha! But I was like wow that's a lot of work to, to for the payoff. And in the end like there's going to be some apps where it's going to be fundamentally awesome to go through all that work. But I think instead we should rely on these meta frameworks to build those sorts of things in automatically when they can. So that you get some of that for free, you know, like the form stuff is a great example, like if you can, you can build in all this, this stuff for me with these form components, like in the remix and all that stuff. So that basically, it looks like I'm building normal HTML, except I'm using your, your, your components for it. And it just magically does concurrency issues so that when I'm, you know, fixes the concurrency issue. So when I'm typing into the input box, you know, it, it does the prioritization and when I transition to a new page, it, it does the correct, they don't do this today, but like in, in, in the long run, like do like, you know, page transitions with the fancy APIs and all this, um, like that'd be great. But then I don't have to worry about that and think about it and worry and, you know, get all the foot guns and, and what have you. That being said, I, I think it is it is important to recognize that especially Remix is fairly new still, and it's not, you know, backed by some huge company. So the, the resources they've been able to put, it is, the amount of work required to even do what they've done is, is a lot of work. So don't get me wrong. It's just these sort of frameworks to work in everyone's use cases are very complicated. And, you know, there's... Hundreds of people working who work on Next and and you know like on these bigger frameworks that are more popular and more been around for longer, um, and so I think Net Remix is very in the long term going to be a very great option for a vast majority of people and who will probably end up being like yes you should start with Remix for your store and your your definitely your CRUD apps, um, you know if, if your if your forms or if basically if your site is a bunch of forms and laying out some tables. Um, Remix is, like, so good for that. Even today, it's good for that. That's um, just, like,
0: so weird to me, though. It's just, like, funny that, like, React essentially is becoming JavaScript. So, like, you know, now, right now, you have, like, you know, every, frameworks built on top of JavaScript or libraries built on top of JavaScript. And now it's just, like, all these frameworks built on top of React. And to me, it's just kind of silly that it's, like, why like mm-hmm. sure. you know and then you like it like was it i was it ionic that stripped yeah. out um stripped out what were they using under the hood were they using angular under the hood and mm-hmm. then they stripped yeah they're out, they were using angular
1: initially yeah and, and then now, now it's like stencil stencil
0: right yeah so mm-hmm. like is that same like where i'm just so curious where you think where you guys think like the ecosystem is going like does that mean react becomes not necessary anymore. Does that mean like JavaScript becomes not necessary anymore? Like it's just why are there so many layers? Well, not
1: <laughs> yeah. necessary, but I, I think directly, like I had, I, you know, we were talking the other day. I had this general thought a, a couple years ago is that JavaScript is a will in several years become a primitive target, a compile target, and not no, people will to a lesser degree start writing. Uh, vanilla JavaScript, bespoke JavaScript, right? Um, that they will write TypeScript that will compile down to JavaScript, or they will write, you know, uh, whatever it might be to compile down to JavaScript at Elm or PureScript or any of these other things. But the idea of writing just .js, you know, several .js files in a in an HTML is not the majority of choices. Now, like C, there's still people who write C and are very apt at C and and it's important, but it's not the use case for everyone. And and I feel like React is following the same, I call them primitives, but like you're not going to import React and start writing React components. You're going to start up here higher in something that has already been opinionated and collected and sort of curated and put together. And underneath it is React, but it uses React. It uses those primitives. It uses create async store and it uses use transition hook and it uses suspense and it uses these things but you don't interact uh, directly with it. As a developer, you sort of sit up here and build products. There's another layer here where libraries and maintainers are building the sort of suspense and create and store sync and and uh, performance tags. You know, th- it's a different type of work. And then down here is just the raw DOM virtual JavaScript. You know, wh- when we're delivering apps and products, we're way up here in product land. Like it's a different mind frame to, observe and async and transition and 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 memoize and you know c- you know cache and revalidate and you know that sort of stuff and then down here is just the raw metal of dom and v dom and and wasm and stuff like that and so it's like which tier do you really want to work in well are you shipping product are you building libraries or are you just down here in the, in the, in the the tunnels working on, on uh, decorators for this, for the fifth time as a stage three library, <laughs> you, you know, choose your, choose your position in the stack.
2: Yeah, I, I I do. So for me, I get the sentiment on that, but I also um, have somewhat of a counter opinion in the sense of, I think we, I would like us to move more towards using JavaScript by itself and in fact, using less JavaScript to begin with um, in an ideal world, like because the browsers you know, are capable, there's, we're still using JavaScript for a lot of things that we actually don't even need to use JavaScript for anymore. Like the browser has built in abilities to do these things. I think it really comes back to those use cases again, is that it's so hard to talk about this without specifically just focusing on a particular category of app or website. Like if we're talking e-commerce store, like, I'll, I'll get, let's talk about some very concrete examples. So an e-commerce store, I, I, this is just an opinion, but it's a very informed opinion that the trade-offs that you wanna make for an e-commerce store should fundamentally start with the idea of the assumption that a majority of your users are going to be on mobile and are going to only come to your website for one time and maybe even only be there for a few seconds if you don't do your job right, and they'll never be back again. And that's completely different of the polar opposite of like Photoshop online, where it's like, chances are good. Like, I'm not talking about the marketing website to sell you Photoshop. I'm talking about the application itself. Um, And, you know, chances are good. They bought the thing. They're going to, you know, it doesn't matter. At that point, it's like, use all the JavaScript you want. Not really, but, you know, you could really. You could get away with a lot of JavaScript. They'll put up with a lot.
1: Yeah, we Um, all. I mean, I think we all open Figma and wait for Figma to load because it's a valuable tool, right? We there every morning waiting for Figma to load so that we can do our thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so, because of those trade offs, you you know, you should make those sort of make the same. Sorry, make the prioritize your things differently. Like in the case of e commerce start with the assumption of no javascript like in an ideal world would be my applicate my website my e-commerce store works 100% without javascript not a single line of javascript and that's not just to be clear it's not for the people who happen to be browsing with javascript off which is super rare these days right it's really about that performance is about that it really does make a difference in your in your sales especially on these low powered mobile devices and you know it's going to depend like is is are you selling iphone accessories or you know or are you selling you know like shirts you know like they're very different your clientele are going to be different and and what country you're selling to is going to make a big difference too but generally speaking um you know i think react for example is a poor poor default choice for e-commerce stores it's a pretty controversial statement to make but and it's not that i think that you can't make great e-commerce stores with react i just feel like it's it's this very shiny hammer that like if you start with react like you start with the assumption i'm going to use react you're never going to get perfect scores which is fine but you're never you're not even going to get close to them like you're going to get poor performance you're already um,
1: starting uh you're behind
2: not you know not guaranteed it's just you're 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 tiptoeing a line that and you're it's so easy to 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 not realize that, you know, you're going to do these things and you don't need that. Like a a majority of e-commerce stores, you can do a majority of the work ahead of time, cache it, or do it at the edge, do the rendering at the edge, send down just HTML. And then if you need to sprinkle some JavaScript to, to improve things, like for example, switching between different uh, colors, you know, you can totally do that 100% with CSS, but the experience won't be as nice. So you can, do a progressive enhancement where when the JavaScript does load in, like, let's say that switching between the colors is a full page load, um, you know, between the different ones, if JavaScript hasn't yet loaded. But if once you get JavaScript, then it's able to switch between the colors, you know, using a few lines, honestly, you could do it because I've literally done this, you could do it in a few lines of JavaScript. But having that progressive enhancement actually does make a big difference. Because then you can basically say, it's totally okay to defer loading this JavaScript, you know, as late as possible, and it's not going to be a big deal if, if, and it's not going to you know, impact my performance uh, at the end of the day, we can talk about this all day long. And one of the biggest problems, honestly, is less about react and it's more of these damn marketing scripts, <laughs> these like the, the Google analytics and the, the, the snapchats and the Facebook um, mar- remarketing. They're just the Snapchats.
0: Killer. I don't feel yeah. like I've ever seen a snapchat, s- snapchat script.
2: I have, yeah. <laughs> smartly, like I've seen everything. Well, back when you know. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
0: That makes I've sense. I've seen
2: everything. Like it is, it is egregious. Like the the amount it's of so JavaScript these sites loaded, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's like any lighthouse. Yeah.
0: You're like, oh, why? Thank you, marketing team, for putting us through hell. Somebody just needs to build an entire industry around that. Like fixing yeah. these people that have these marketing scripts and to make it not trash. <laughs>
2: it's like heavy-handed. Yeah, smartly is attempting to do that still.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, uh, like Phantom Analytics is trying, like there are a few small mm-hmm. shops that are trying to give you lighter touches for that. But like the, staying with the concrete example of, of, of e-shopping, um, e-commerce sites, uh, Shopify just launched their React framework, Hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I almost feel like they, based on all <laughs> the things you just said, that sounds like a terrible idea.
2: Uh, yes and no so they're betting it would be a terrible idea but they're betting uh, like hugely on server components on that that new technology that's impossible for us to de- describe here because yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a bad name I get why they chose it but it's like it's it's a name that's like it's better to have a name where people are gonna be like I don't know what that means rather than a name where someone's like oh I think I know what that means and it's like no 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 you don't know what that means <laughs> like 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 believe me it does not mean what you probably think it it is a server component but just to send yeah it renders on the server the gist is it renders on the server but doesn't send the JavaScript for that particular component to the client that's the quick gist but um, and, you know, so their hydrogen is hugely betting on that technology and, um, tying that fairly one-to-one for exactly that problem is like, we, they, they react is great, um, as a framework technology and, and, and you know, for rendering and stuff, but you just don't want to send tons of this JavaScript to client side. Um, so that's what they're, they're betting on. It's going to be a, a hot second before hydrogen is honestly like a you know, big thing that a lot of people are using, but I think it's worth it for them to invest in, in that. I think it's good. I yeah, I think
1: given given your idea, given what you've just said about e-commerce, the uh, the fact that hydrogen, you know, Shopify has just shown up in it with a React platform is telling that that up until sir, until this idea of of server side and not sending any of that bulk down the wire is starting to become a possibility, they have stayed out of the React ecosystem. Right. Yes, Other exactly than like. It you can consume the API and build your own slow behemoth of, of JavaScript down the pipeline, but we're not going to, you know, our, our store is built on, I don't even know what their stuff is built on now.
2: It's liquid well, liquid still. Li- liquid. But can, it's, yeah, yeah, it's still yeah, templated. It's just their propi- yeah. It's their proprietary template. Yeah.
1: So the, these possibilities of server side, you know, being able to send these pages down um, and the, there's several other languages and stuff that are doing, you know, over the wire diffs. Uh, Elixir has live view. I, I think um, Ruby has ter- is it Turlinks? Maybe there are other stuff, but they they're starting to do this like over the wire diffing, where they're just updating the DOM on their own and keeping everything server side.
2: Wow, you haven't seen that one.
1: Um, it, it it feels like we're going like we we're overcorrected and going back to MVC
2: apps <laughs> uh,
1: on the server. Yeah, uh, and yeah. may- may- maybe that's why I I am gravatory because yeah. I have these nostalgic feelings of like, oh man, I remember life 20, 15 years ago. It was so much simpler. Um, I'm all in.
2: Um, yeah it's it's honestly it's edge i think edge technologies have really kind of made that much more practical as being able to to do that server rendering but do it closer to your users so you have the the, you can you know cut off a huge chunk of that latency whereas before it's like it used to be like your server was you know god knows where and it was one place and you know had to do all the rendering for every all your people globally yeah, and all your every time you update state, you have to go back and forth and all this stuff. And so, like for complicated things, not for—I'm not talking about the, the Remix page. Remix is not a great use case. Like you would never use Remix for Photoshop. Like it's the worst framework for Photoshop. Like I'm like maybe okay for the core, for the frame or whatever, but I mean like for the chromy
1: parts. Yeah,
2: yeah, maybe, but I mean even then, it's questionable. Um, it's not <laughs> for that sort of use case. It's more towards the e-commerce side of of, of things, not just e-commerce, not just e-commerce, but more towards that side. Um,
0: but yeah. Well, I mean, it was so great talking to you. I feel like, you know, this is- We could talk about this forever. (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, it's just so inspiring because I feel like these conversations don't happen as often as they should on the internet. So we have to figure out like some way to have more of these conversations. I almost feel like, man, like state of react, but it's so funny because I feel like, um, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of hot takes in life but i feel like some of the react let's say influencers these days are a little bit more hot takey than usual so
1: which <laughs> hmm. seems seem to be missing that sort of like pragmatic thought we'll
0: name any names
2: <laughs> yes. i don't know we, we had a lot of hot takes today uh, yeah. but it was like we, we, gentle we hot takes it
0: gentle wasn't takes. like it wasn't like hot flames hot flames, hot flames <laughs> of hell where you're like whoa here we go but anyways, yes, down with React and e-commerce. That's, that was my biggest takeaway. No, here. yeah. So the just takeaway kidding. ultimately just
2: <laughs> would be nuance, nuance, nuance. Um, and honestly, everyone, you know, the, the, everything we talked about today, no, I don't think we talked about anything today where I would be like, never use that. It's terrible.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, or like that the people who work on these things are terrible people or something. No, everyone yeah. we talked about, everything we talked about today is awesome. There's yeah. just caveats, trade-offs. right? Yeah. And like, trade-offs, yeah. trade-offs is a better word. Um, yeah and different use cases and, and, you know, knowing those things, it's, it's hard. Honestly, like it'd be great if there was some powerful like WYSIWYG for front end that was just like you or like not WYSIWYG, uh, uh, wizard where it was like stepped you through like I need this and these are my traits of my app and this is that. And which thing okay, should I Jesse. use? And that's what we're building not, next. That's yeah, what we're going right, to build next.
1: Luck. So you pick um, it on the spectrum we'll and then call you sort it of WYSIWYG, add the features.
0: WYSIWYG.dev. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm here for it.
0: No, but I'm definitely here for that. Okay, yeah. Which, by the way, small plug: check out starter.dev and framework.dev, which are two uh, open source projects that is yes. that recently released. Um, okay, but Jay, we definitely have to get you like back on doing something. So uh, maybe it'll be a longer form of the Modern Web Podcast or anything. But for those of you listening, unfortunately, the only way that's well, you can hit that subscribe button, or you can ring also that go bell. To- I know, right? Well right. This will Is there be still a YouTube, bell? Right? So There's a bell. Is there a bell for podcasts? I don't know, but
1: no. no. <laughs> ring it anyway. <laughs> ring it anyway. Find it and ring it.
0: But then you have to sing the song. Jay, sing the song for us. You can Wait. ring that bell. <laughs> I don't
2: even know sing what it. song you're talking about. From ABBA. Did you just?
1: Yeah. Did you just do in line From ABBA. Yes. You Come can on, ring Jay. That bell. Oh, that song. I, I did not that recognize that. Ring that bell. Ring <laughs> ring that bell.
0: There we go. Yeah, thank man. you, Jesse. Thank I celebrate you. the
1: whole ABBA catalog.
0: <laughs> um, anyways, okay. So if you go to this.co slash newsletter um, and subscribe to the load down, then um, if we d- do get to do something more longer form with Jay, um, it'll be there so you can keep up to date. That also has all the Modern One Podcasts and everything like that. So thank you everyone for listening. Again, Jay is happy to be of help. At underscore jp helps on Twitter, and then Jesse on Twitter at jtomchak. And again, you can find me on Twitter at Lady Elite. uh We appreciate you listening, and this was tons of fun. Thanks, guys! Come on. Bye, y'all.
2: Come on. Awesome. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.
0: This podcast is sponsored by This Labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this dot co slash labs. That's T H I S D O T dot C-O slash labs. For all of your friends and you, do do yay, query, yay, query, shout it, yay, yay query.